0: This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I am joined on today's episode by Tom Caparasso, who is the CEO of Claris Commerce. And we're going to be speaking with Tom today all about premium loyalty and uh, its future within the retail space. So thank you for joining me today, Tom. Thanks for having me, Joe. So uh, a good place for us to start would be for you to tell us a little bit about Claris Commerce um, for those that might not be familiar with the company. Sure. So Claris is a, a 20
1: plus year old company and really the the only company focused on building premium loyalty programs for for retailers. So, we help retailers combine both customer loyalty with subscription revenue to help them create profitable loyalty programs from from the first day they launch. So, we do offer a technology platform that's created specifically for premium loyalty, and we bring in um, other full service suite of services like strategy, creative, marketing, uh, testing, and optimization, analytics, uh, client services, and then really any back office to run those, those loyalty programs. And uh, we were just featured in uh, the Forrester Wave, the latest wave report on Loyalty Solutions uh, where they gave us a five out of five on services. So we do pride ourselves on uh, our managed service
0: approach. Yeah, that's great, and congrats on that recognition. Um, so my follow-up to that would be to have uh, you tell us a, bit, a little bit about your career background, uh, Tom, and what you, led you to Claris.
1: Yeah. So uh, I've been at Claris. I'm heading into my 13th year, which is which is kind of crazy to say, but uh, my career is over 25 plus years, um, you know, focused mainly in customer uh, loyalty um, and subscription programs. And um, what led me to Claris, uh, you know, 13 years ago is I met the founder uh, and uh, we hit it off and he told me about the vision for the business. And I knew I could play play a, a large role in that and uh, had the opportunity to, to jump on then and and been, you know, just thrilled with the, the growth of the company, the growth of our client portfolio, the growth of our technology platform. Um, and obviously, I've seen a lot of different things in retail over the last 12 and 13 years, and uh, things have definitely changed. And uh, we pride ourselves on, on being at the leading edge of that innovation and, and trying to help our retail partners uh, with all the all The moving parts,
0: yeah, certainly a 25 year career in this space, um, and 13 years at Claris. You've certainly think, seen things evolve, so um, Absolutely. you can add some good perspective here. So, we each have used the term premium loyalty. Um, so I think just for the audience's sake, and um, you know, to further this conversation, maybe you can define what you mean by premium loyalty, what it means to Claris Commerce. Yep. so we we are solely focused on premium loyalty,
1: and uh, we actually coined the term premium loyalty a couple of years ago, and it, it's definitely stuck and we've seen it out there in a lot of different areas, but in a nutshell, it is a, a type of loyalty program where your best customers pay a membership fee in exchange for instant or enhanced benefits. So in many ways, it's the, the opposite of a traditional loyalty program. There's, there's no points, there's no waiting for rewards. Um, you know, members can essentially use all of the benefits of the program the, the second they sign up. So, and it just give you some sense of it. The typical benefits include, you know, discounts on free shipping, on every order, free return shipping, and, you know, uh, cash back. And then we also help our clients with the, the VIP experiences. So we definitely merge the traditional um, and transactional benefits, but we also try to them with the experiential side of it so if you think of a good example of a premium loyalty program and probably the largest one out there is amazon prime um but many other retailers are out there in all shapes and sizes obviously walmart has entered the, the space about a year ago but yeah. best buy and
0: cvs there's lots of other premium loyalty programs in the space and we're going to be talking about you know for our audience the retail space the premium yep. loyalty programs exist in other industries as well um, they definitely do. Um, subscription as a
1: whole, as, as you probably know, Joe, has taken off uh, and not just um, um, content like Netflix and Disney+, but um, continuity uh, boxes like a birch box or a food box. Um, so there are subscription-based programs that have a lot of value um, in them, um, not specific to um, any other verticals, but the, I think subscription as a whole has taken off.
0: So let's get into the the benefits of such a premium loyalty program. There's two there's two perspectives here. We have the retailer and then obviously the the end consumer and the end customer. Let's start with the value for the retailer. Tell us a little bit about what the benefits of rolling out a premium loyalty program look like for a retailer or a brand. Yeah,
1: I think I think the biggest piece and the biggest one of the biggest struggles retailers have is that um, Loyalty is is more difficult than ever uh, for them to maintain. We actually have done some data studies, and nearly two thirds of the customers say their loyalty is more difficult for retailers to maintain. And that and that's a key point. So you know everyone's one click away from a, uh, another purchase or one click away from a different brand. Um, so for retailers, they really have to think broadly around their programs and how they can drive real value into uh, their loyalty programs, and that. For, for our view of it is really um, the instant type benefits. They, they You know, the days of, of, of transacting and then waiting for rewards downstream, maybe months or years later, has really gone by the wayside. And I think consumers are de- demanding uh, those instant benefits um, and really trying to um, drive these programs forward for, for the retailers is is somewhat difficult. And that's where Claris obviously comes in with not only our expertise, but our platform. But you know, again, if you're listening to your consumers, they're demanding these types of programs where there's real value from day one. And if there is real value from day one, they are, they're willing to pay a, a subscription or a membership fee to join. And that's ultimately uh,
0: what we're seeing in the market in terms of the market and what you're seeing we often hear and you know is this i'm curious to get your feedback on you know is this the trend you're seeing at claris that that younger consumers in particular your millennials gen zers they're even less brand loyal than some of older demographics is are you finding that to be true and are premium loyalty programs even potentially more of an opportunity if you're targeting that younger customer
1: well i think from a a generational perspective: uh, the millennials and, and folks that are in that, that group are more comfortable with technology uh, as a whole, um, and with that, they're they're able to easily search and find discounts and values, and maybe are less brand, um, you know, have less affinity towards a brand. However, there is there is information and content out there that millennials are more willing to join premium loyalty programs. Um, because they see the value in it, they understand it, and they would go back to that brand um, if they join that program. So, um, you know, I think it's twofold. They're, they're definitely comfortable with technology and are able to click around and, and get the best offer deal. But when they do find a program um, that's meaningful to them, they will shop back at that brand.
0: So it, sort of in a similar vein, let's we've talked about kind of the um, value that retailers can uh, uh, extract from a premium loyalty program, what those benefits look like. Let's flip the coin and let's talk about the consumer. What What is the value of premium loyalty programs for consumers and what do those benefits look like?
1: Yeah, again, I, I think it has a couple different aspects to it. I, I think there is that instant gratification. We're all kind of yeah, if we're not already wired this way, we're, we're really close to, to really wanting our, our benefits instant and I think that goes to, um, to the loyalty program. So driving that value from day one uh, and not having to make those purchases over over time uh, with the rewards that ultimately come later um, And you know some of the foundational benefits of, of these premium loyalty programs are you know, the free shipping, the free returns, the cashback, the offers, but marrying that with, um, those experiential rewards, um, that not all customers have access to. So that VIP experience, that's really important because yes, they can do the math and transactional benefits definitely have a monetary impact, but, you know, um, having a program that feels almost custom to you or having experiences that are meaningful to you, uh, are really, um, really what customers are looking for. And I think, you know, one of the the examples out there is Lululemon. Um, I think their program's just under $170 on an annual basis. So they have those foundational benefits like free shipping on every order. Um, They give away a free pair of pants uh, upon sign up and you know how expensive those those pants might be. But they also get access to uh, yoga and fitness classes as part of that membership. And um, it really talks to more of the, the lifestyle of a Lululemon customer. Um, so marrying both transactional and experiential benefits. I think that's a great example.
0: Yeah, I think it is. And, and to your point, um, you know, $170, not an insignificant amount of money. So that consumer then becomes invested in that brand. I imagine they're, they're highly engaged then with Lululemon, they want to, they want to get their money's worth and what they've already spent. So um, is that the case in terms of the premium loyalty? I would imagine you're going to see much higher levels of engagement of premium loyalty members versus, you know, a standard loyalty program member that, that, are, that somebody is not paying it to get into.
1: Yeah, we definitely see that. Both from our data study, where um, we talked to about three hundred different uh, uh, retail marketing um, leaders, and they said their premium loyalty members are four times as valuable as non-members. Um, and I think a stat came out from McKinsey where they said that you know, um, premium loyalty customers spent sixty percent um, and free or traditional. Uh, members spend about 30% more than uh, a non-member in any of those programs. So it just shows the value of a premium loyalty subscriber uh, versus a free or traditional or, or versus a, a customer that's in uh, neither
0: program. Yeah, and that lo- lifetime value, as you, as you spoke to, um, really you know, driving that loyalty is, is key for the retailer. Um, you've mentioned it, Tom, and I wanted to talk a little bit about your premium loyalty data study that uh, Claris has produced Maybe you want to give us some of the uh, highlights from that report um, and tell us kind of some of the key findings that uh, you uncovered. Yeah, and, and we, we've done it
1: now the last two years. I think the, the, the keys, and we talked a little bit about the trend of premium loyalty as a broader retail trend. But, um, you know, one thing that kind of jumped off the page for us is that 70 percent of those not in a premium loyalty program would join if their favorite retailer offered one. Um, and the benefits were valuable. Again, talking to the value of program, these are not set and forget programs. You can't put it out there and cross your fingers and hope it works. You got you to gotta look at the program, you got to understand the data, and you got to continue to optimize the program. So um, you got to continue to drive value into the program. And the other input that uh, that we got from the, the survey is that the top two benefits that would motivate them to join um, were the free shipping and instant discounts. So again, transactional benefits key, um, you know, almost table stakes for these programs, but also validated by uh, customers saying that they, um, they would join the program with those on. And then I think the last piece is 67% of respondents said they're likely to join a premium loyalty program if they already belong to that retailer's free loyalty program. So, um, we, we, we live and breathe the premium loyalty um, side of the house, but we know there's a tremendous amount of value in the, in the free loyalty space. And uh, we are big advocates of that tiered approach, um, bringing them in uh, potentially as a free customer and then um, introducing or offering the, that, that premium tier to them. Um, and we know from our data that you know, if they're in that, that free layer and, and are engaged with the brand at some level. Um, you know, those top customers are going to jump over into a premium program and get the enhanced benefits. So, um, you know, I think it it makes a lot of sense um, to have both. Um, and we're seeing more and more retailers out in that,
0: in the space not only have a
1: free or a paid, but really having
0: both. Yeah, that crossover percentage is uh, of the members that would be in both uh, up to upwards of 70 percent willing to, you know, that that speaks to the value and potentially offering a uh, that free program, but also um, moving into the premium space as well. Um I did want to um, follow up, and I don't know if you captured this data or if you have any insight into it. In terms of the the kind of cost threshold that consumers would be willing to pay, and I guess it might depend upon the brand. If a luxury brand might have a, a higher cost threshold for its premium loyalty program than than uh, than a more of a discount brand, is was. Is, is any ideas around that in terms of you know what are consumers expecting to pay? Is that kind of 170 dollars? Is that kind of the top of the range, or or do you see that uh, potentially even being higher for retailers?
1: Yeah, it's it's about the it is the top of the range. I, you know, we didn't survey on it, but you know, just knowing the programs that we power we're as low as you know a a month up to um, you know twelve or thirteen to fourteen dollars a month. But then if you look at the broader landscape, you know, there's a $200 Best Buy program. Obviously, we mentioned Lululemon around 170, Prime's around 120, Walmart Plus is just under 100. So um, I think the key is, are these programs valuable, right? The, the price point is one component of it. But if there's no value or, or uh, the cons- consumers aren't using and utilizing the program, the fee doesn't really matter because they're going to they're going to trade out of the program. So I, I think the key is trying to figure out what the right price point is for your brand, but also what the right the like product structure and components and features and benefits that are included in that program and optimized over time and enhanced over time. So that the consumer continues to find um, find value in that program and also ultimately retains year over
0: year. Yeah, what matters to your customers essentially, and then baking those features into your program is is going to be you know critical to uh, to to sustaining those levels of membership.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's a great point because the data is key, right? So uh, all these retailers have a tremendous amount of data, um, and that's one component of it is is compiling that data, but really. How do you use that data? How do you understand your customers not only you know how they're interacting with your loyalty program, but how are they interacting with your overall brand? And um, you know we try to help retailers do that. We try to help them understand the different marketing um, segments that they have from a co- consumer profile perspective and, and really try to help them think about those different segments, but how are they interacting with the brand you know, from an AOV, from an order frequency, from, a conversion into the program, um, and, and really trying to help them move the needle on some of those key KPIs.
0: So let's talk a little bit, Tom, about where we sit today, um, in terms of the retail landscape. There's, there's some optimism, you know, we're, we're hopefully here at the end of the pandemic, um, yep. you know, we're, 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 making progress in that front. So, um, there's optimism, uh, kind of within the space. Tell us a little bit then why loyalty may even be more critical as we kind of transition into this post pandemic stage of, of the retail, uh, you know, life cycle.
1: Yeah. We talked to, you know, what I've seen in the last 12 or 13 years, I I would say, you know, what I've seen in the last 12 to 15 months has been unbelievable. And I think, you know, there's a couple different pieces that are moving and, um, you know, I think it's moved the needle on the digital side of how consumers uh, purchase either through internet, uh, um, website, mobile, um, and really away from brick and mortar. And uh, pre-pandemic, you know, 80% of customers bought something in a physical store. Um, Obviously, that number has moved down significantly. And, um, one of the reasons, obviously, because stores were closed. But as we come out the other side of this pandemic, you know, how many of those uh, new buying behaviors are going to stick? Uh, and how many people are comfortable sitting at a desk at home and making purchase online or even buying their groceries online and having delivered versus walking into a, a, to a brick and mortar store? Um, I think McKinsey is the one who came out with um, a study that said 75 percent of consumers have tried a new shopping habit. During COVID, again, the key will be as we come out of the other side, how many how many of those habits are going to stick, and how many will go back to maybe pre-pandemic um, habits. Um, I know at least as we're coming, um, as the early days of coming out the other side, I think people are running out, <laughs> running outside mm-hmm. of their houses to go interact in a physical store and just interact with people in general. But um, you know, I think the key will be how how many are created new habits, how many will feel comfortable, you know, doing those habits while they uh, can go in and out of the house. You know, I think the other big piece is just Amazon as an overarching um, um, monster in retail. You know, we talked a little bit about Prime, 200 million members, but, you know, there's data out there that said 50% of all product searches start at Amazon. So, you know, if you're a brand and you're thinking about how do I compete against Amazon, you know, building a, a loyalty program, potentially a premium loyalty program, is one um, kind of tool in that toolkit, and really trying to make that right for your brand and customize. You you don't have to build an Amazon Prime product. You know, Amazon Prime started with one benefit; it was two day shipping, um, and obviously, it has moved to so many different benefits. There's no way for most retailers to um, to replicate what Prime is. So you have to think about what's the right program, what's the right feature set for, uh, for my end consumer. And if, if you think about what Walmart Plus did uh, roughly a year ago, they, they didn't, and they came out publicly, said, we're not going head to head with Prime. From a benefit configuration that's accurate. I mean, they went and they, they focused on grocery, which Prime doesn't really do. They focused on gas, which, you know, if you think about the bigger Amazon network, they have Whole Foods, but they don't have a, a gas. And when you think about consumer spending, Gas and grocery happens every single week, maybe multiple times a week. So, and that's the Walmart shopper. Obviously they put in the free shipping, they put in the VIP experience in store, but, um, you know, focusing on what's right for the Walmart shopper versus trying to replicate a prime program was a really interesting strategy. And I think it's paid dividends for them. So if you're, you know, you don't have to be a top two brand, but if you're a top 200, 2000 brand, what's the right benefit mix? Uh, for your consumers and build a program around those features to start.
0: And to your first point, do you foresee some of that omni-channel behavior? You mentioned consumers, they're not going to give up digital, especially if they've had convenient experiences and good experiences buying from retailers and brands over the last 12 to 15 months. They're probably going to continue to behave in such ways, but they're also going to get back into stores, how do you think some of those omni-channel behaviors, and then maybe some of the services that have really been adopted by more consumers and retailers are offering some of these omni-channel services. How do you see those playing into potentially loyalty programs, if at all?
1: I think they'll be a big part of it. I, I think
0: that the keys to them is
1: understanding maybe the, the next 90 to 120 days right before the holidays. And you know, hopefully, to your point, Joe, everything keeps moving in the right direction. People get out there. But really trying to understand, you know, how many people are actually coming back to the store versus is traffic still up, is purchase still up online and through mobile. And then kind of morphing the best of both those worlds, if that's enhanced services in store, if that's um, new features and functionalities that were picked up over the last 12 or 15 months online and, and taking the best of those benefits and, and really trying to build a program around that. Because I think I think to your point, it is going to be an omni-channel um, world and yes, there's new habits that are created, but there's also old habits that won't go away. And how do you mix, um, you know, the best of uh, what we've learned in a really horrible time over the last 15 months and build that into a, a program that's really valuable for your consumers? And I think I keep driving and beating that drum around value, but th- that's the key to any loyalty program for your for, for your premium, is. Is there value in the program? Do consumers engage with it because they see the value and understand the value? And then uh, are they moving the needle on, you know, whatever those key KPIs are for the program from the retail perspective? I think those are the key points, regardless of, you know, omni-channel, in-store, online, via mobile, making sure that you're driving value to the end consumer so they can see that and ultimately stay with the program is is key for any, any loyalty program out there.
0: Yeah. You're beating the drum on it, but it, you know, it, it's, you're doing so because it's, you know, critical and it makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's a great, great point. So then finally, Tom, just tell us um, for the audience uh, that wants to learn a little bit more about premium loyalty, as well as Clara's commerce and, you know, what you can do to help them, uh, you know, give us some information on how people can get in touch.
1: Yeah. The the best way is um, come to our site, Clara's commerce, that, uh, Dot com, uh, C-L-A-R-U-S commerce um, We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at premium loyalty at Claris Commerce, com. Um, you know, and I, I think what we've we've done well over the years is, um, you know, listening and talking to prospects. Um, and even if we don't have the right solution um, is really trying to help uh, retailers think about their programs and ultimately try to help them. Uh, think about a broader strategy. Um, we do a lot of things um, in the early stages of conversation around what we know in the market, maybe what we know specific to the vertical that retailer might be in, and sharing those um, essentially free of charge, um, and really trying to give some idea starters with the hope that yes, there's a there's a relationship that we can build together. But even at the end of the day, if there's not, um, we pride ourselves on being the subject matter expert in this space, uh, so we're very comfortable. Uh, in talking about premium loyalty, the do's and the don'ts and uh, what we've seen in the market. So um, we'd love for people to come and, and you know, reach out to us, uh, set up some time with our team um, and, and talk to us about what we've
0: seen and, and potentially how we can help them. Yeah, you make a great point, Tom, in terms of Claris being a resource for retailers, particularly those that are potentially interested in launching a premium loyalty program. With that in mind, Claris has recently uh, produced a premium loyalty starter bundle, which includes the data study that you've referenced as well as more great p- content packaged together. Our listeners can get this um, resource by going to clarisCommerce.com retail. With that, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank Tom Caparasso, who is the CEO of Claris Commerce, for joining us on today's episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcast for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.